But the title of my message today and perhaps all through the week is this, Your Faith Makes You Whole. Your faith makes you whole. Now, in in talking about divine healing, the first question that comes up is, well, does God heal today? And is healing real? And, and what have you? Is there such a thing as, as, as divine healing? People that just get healed by the power of God. Well, I'm not even dealing with that issue. You know, if you don't, if you don't know that, if you're not convinced of that, then, uh, you just need to read the Bible. Amen. Amen. You just need to read the Bible. Can God heal people, you know, by divine power? Well, if you believe the Bible, you believe that. I mean, you see it case after case after case in in, in the Word of God. How many believe that God can and does heal people by His power today? Do you believe that? I want to see, you know. Leave your hand up. I want to see. If there's anybody that doesn't believe this, then we need to stop and work on this a while. By your hand being up raised, you're saying, I believe that God can and does heal people by His power today. Praise God. Good. Good. I think that's every hand. Wonderful. We can go on. So all of us are convinced That God can and does heal people by His power. He's the healer. Well, if you believe that, then the next question is, well, why does some get healed and some do not receive healing? Why are some healed and some are not? What's the determining factor? And see, a lot of people have a lot of different ideas about that. That's one reason why we're going into this today. People have a lot of different ideas. Some folks say, well, you know, you just don't know. It's a mystery. And they get back to this, God's will. If somebody was healed, then it's obvious that it was God's will to heal them. If they wasn't healed, then it was obvious that it wasn't His will to heal them. And masses of people believe like that, don't they? I mean, that is, that is a commonly accepted way of thinking. Many Christians believe that God can and does heal. Now, there's some that don't even believe that. A lot of the people that don't believe that are not even saved. Now, I didn't say you had to believe that to be saved. But I said a lot of the people that don't believe in the miraculous power of God, they also deny the virgin birth, because it's miraculous. They deny the literal physical resurrection from the dead, because it's miraculous. They deny that God split the Red Sea and caused water to come out of a rock, and and etc., etc., etc. And if you don't believe those things, you're not saved. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, if if you doubt... The, uh, the, the virgin birth, you're not saved. If you question whether Jesus is literally raised from the dead, you're lost. <coughs> you're not a Christian. You know, the word, the word Christian is used in a very loose sense. 
in our generation. A lot of times people, you know, people in this country, you know, they, you, you, if you ask people out on the street, are you a Christian? They say, oh yeah, you know, I'm an American, I'm Christian. Really, that, that's the kind of mentality they have. But uh, do you know Jesus as your personal Savior? Have you been born again? Do you believe this and this and that? Oh, well, I don't know about all that. No, no. Well, see, they're not, they're not a Christian. You have to believe some things to be a Christian. And you have to have accepted some things to be a Christian. Most of all, you have had to have been born again to be a Christian. And that comes about through faith. By grace you're saved through faith. Thank God for faith. But coming back to the issue at hand, you know, many people do believe that God can heal and does heal. But it's very obvious that some people that believe in God and some people that believe in healing, some get healed and some do not get healed. I mean, that's just a fact. Well, why do some get healed and some do not? Why? That's been the question that people have had a difficult time answering. And so many times they just come to the conclusion, well, it just must not have been God's will. And that's a popular conclusion because it places absolutely no responsibility on the individual. And all the responsibility is on God. And people like what I call no-fault religion. You know what I mean? No-fault religion. No matter what happens, it's not my fault. It's all God's, God's will. It just happened because it was His will. But we must learn you cannot ascertain the will of God by what happened or by what didn't happen. You cannot. You must ascertain the will of God by the Word of God. Ascertain the will of God by what God said in the Bible. I mean, if people follow the, the, the philosophy and, and theology that they say, if they say, well, you know, uh, since this individual was not healed, it proves that it wasn't God's will for them to be healed. You could take the same kind of thinking and you could say, well, you know, since this person died without receiving the Lord, it proves that it wasn't God's will for them to be saved. Which it wouldn't prove any such of a thing. Just because something happened or didn't happen, you see, in those areas, wouldn't, wouldn't demonstrate and prove God's will. God's will is to be revealed from the Scriptures. Now, what is the determining factor? Go with me to Matthew 9. Let's look at some verses of Scripture that tell us about the determining factors. In Matthew, the ninth chapter... There, we, we could look at, at several things. I tell you, let's, let's just back up to the, the eighth chapter. Because there's several situations here we could bring out and look at. In Matthew 8, it begins by the healing, uh, by talking about the healing of the leper. The leper came to Jesus and asked him, he said, uh, if you will, I know you can make me clean. Jesus put forth his hand and touched him and said, I will. Be clean. 
How many know Jesus always said I will? He never said I won't. He always said I will. And uh, skipping down to the, the fifth verse. It says when Jesus entered into Capernaum there came a centurion to him. And if you know the story. You realize that uh, the centurion had a servant that was sick. And he was asking about the Lord healing him. And the Lord in verse 13 told him. He said go your way. And as you have believed, so be it done unto you. So, the, the, you know, the man got healed because this man was believing. When later on, when they were out on the, in the same chapter, they were out on the sea and there came up a storm and Jesus was asleep. They awoke him and they said, Lord, don't you care that we're perishing? And in verse 26, he said to them, why are you so fearful? Oh, you of little faith. He asked them about why they didn't have faith. In chapter 9 of Matthew, the Bible said that the people brought to him a man sick of the palsy lying on the bed, and Jesus saw their faith. Faith. And you know, he was healed and forgiven of his sins. Later on in this same 8th chapter, the Bible talks about the woman that had an issue of blood and how she was healed. And in verse 22, Jesus told her, He said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Your faith has made you whole. Skipping down to verse 27, there were two blind men that followed Jesus. And he said to, they said, have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said, yes, Lord. Then touched he their eyes and said, according to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened and Jesus straightly charged them saying, see that no man know it. Now, do you see how much emphasis is placed on faith? Faith, 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 faith. Believing, believing, believing. And if you'd go through all of the accounts of the Gospels and study all of the healings, you'd see again and again and again where Jesus asked them, did they believe? Or it said they believed. Or their faith was demonstrated either through Jesus saying that they had faith or through their actions or through their words. But faith and believing comes up again and again and again and again. One particular interesting point is, is over in Mark where the man that had the lunatic son came to Jesus and brought him to Jesus. And he, he, he came to Jesus and he said, Lord, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus immediately said to him, uh, if, you know, he, he turned the situation around. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. In fact, just turn there and look at it. Sometimes it helps us just turn and look at some. Mark the ninth chapter. Mark chapter nine. Mark chapter nine. This this man brought his son to Jesus, and he said, uh, in verse twenty two, in the last part of it. He said, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Now, this is the cry 
I believe, of a sincere individual. This man's son is, is, uh, he, he is lunatic. He has fits. He has physical problems and mental problems and spiritual problems. I mean, and is making life miserable for, for his family and for everybody else. And, uh, he, he cries out to the Lord, Lord, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Now, in, in, in asking that, he pretty much just leaves it all up to the Lord, doesn't he? You know. How many people have done that? Looked up to the Lord and cried out in prayer and said, Oh God, if you can help me, have mercy on me and help me. But what's the reply? Wonder if God would say the same thing today as he said then. Wonder if he'd say the same thing to you. Yeah, he's the same. Jesus said to him, if you can believe. If you can what? Believe. All things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Now what's he saying? His heart believes, but his head's giving him problems. And make the long story short, he was, the, the, the man's son was healed and delivered. It's obvious he did believe. But do you see what we're, what we're getting to is how much emphasis the Bible places on the individual that needs deliverance having faith. See, different, different people want to avoid that issue and they want to avoid that subject because it puts responsibility on the individual with the problem. And a lot of times people don't want to do that and they don't want to look at that. But the alternative is keeping the problem. You can believe in a no-fault religion and a no-responsibility theology, but the problem is you stay in the situation. No deliverance, no healing. And people act like faith is some terrible thing that's so hard to do and that only a few people that are super spiritual could ever really have this kind of faith that we're talking about. But it's not true. Anybody can have faith. Anybody can believe. It's more of a decision than it is a special ability that only a few have. You can believe. You can have faith. And your faith just like her faith made her whole, your faith can make you whole. Do you believe it, friends? Your faith can make you whole. Thank God. Now, let me, let me go over this again. This man came to Jesus. He's distressed and distraught. And he... Uh, you know, let's just say, let's say this Bible represents, you know, his, his dilemma and problem, this care that he had with his son. And he came to Jesus and he, and he just kind of threw it all in Jesus' hands and he said, Lord, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. He just kind of threw the whole thing in Jesus' lap. But what did Jesus do? He gave it back to him and said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. 
Now, do you see what I'm talking about? Why don't you go ahead and stand up here? You see what, 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 what's going on and what has happened so many times? Is, let's say this brother's representing Jesus and I'm representing somebody that's got a problem and folks say, well now Lord, you know, uh, it's just up to you. It's just up to you, Lord. And what does the Lord do? He said, if you can believe. Lord, if you can do anything and if it's your will, then Lord, you just do it. And what does the Lord do? If you can believe, I can do anything. Now, this represents the responsibility of the situation. Can you give the responsibility for your situation to the Lord? Now, don't misunderstand me. Can you cast the worries and cares over on the Lord? Can and should. But can you give Him the responsibility of it? No. Who, who is in the situation to make the decision about what happens? Him or you? You are. Think, hear the words again. Lord, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And he probably thought, well, it's out of my hands. It's just up to the Lord now. It's just up to the Lord. Whether he wants it to happen or not. What did the Lord do? Stuck it right back in his hands and said, If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And he said, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Thank you. Now, do you see what we're saying, friend, from the Scriptures? The issue here is not God's will. The issue is not God's power. The issue is the individual's faith. And that's what we need to zero in on. In our prayer, in our seeking God, in our prayer lines, in our teaching, and yet not in a condemnatory way. Not, well, it's all riding on your shoulders, you know, and it, you know, and down, down, condemnation, all rest on you. What are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? No, even though it is our responsibility, the Spirit of God helps us with it. He will help us. But we're not to think, well, it's just all up to God whether I get healed or not. It's really more up to you than it is Him. I said, it's really more up to you whether you get healed, then it is Him. I know some folk don't like for you to talk that way, but, but we need to, to hear and see the truth. How many know it's more up to the individual whether they're born again than it is up to the Lord? Is that right? I mean, you wouldn't, you, somebody couldn't leave a service where there was an altar call given and salvation offered, they couldn't leave a service lost and undone and say, well, the Lord didn't have power to save me today. They couldn't say that. Or they couldn't leave and say, well, it wasn't God's will to save me today. Wasn't God's will for me to be saved or not His will for me to be saved now. They couldn't say that truthfully. If they left there not saved... It's them, not God. Is that right? It's because they didn't have faith. They didn't have faith in, in what they heard. And they didn't mix faith and they didn't act on faith 
to receive. Isn't that right? Friend, faith is the determining factor. It's the determining factor. Why do some people get healed and some don't? Faith. Why do some people get their needs met and some don't? Faith. Why do some people come out and some don't? Faith. 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 Some people think we talk too much about faith around here. But friend, according to the Bible, the just shall live by faith. The just shall walk by faith. You get saved by faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. And faith is the victory that overcomes the world. I think you should talk a lot about faith. What do you think? I mean, faith makes the difference whether you're lost or saved. Faith makes the difference whether you please God or don't please God. Faith makes the difference whether you are victorious or defeated. That's what the Bible says. Those are, those are summations from scriptures. So, uh, let's talk about faith. Amen? Now, you know, you may say, well, I've heard about faith. Yeah, but do you know what it is? You know, you can have everybody's book and tape series on faith. That doesn't mean you know much about it. What is faith? You know, the devil knows what we're talking about. He knows that faith is the victory that overcomes the world. He knows that you please God with faith. He knows, so he is actively, daily working against you to keep you confused, keep you from finding out what faith is, keep you confused about faith. He does not want you to know about our walk in faith. And so it's no wonder that, you know, it can be kind of challenging getting a hold of some things about faith and growing and learning and walking in faith because the devil is resisting and opposing you continuously in this area. Do you see the emphasis that Jesus placed? Remember the, remember the story? Go with me back to Mark, uh, the fifth chapter. Mark chapter five. And we're going to begin noticing a, a pattern. Let's just read this account beginning in verse 25. Verse 25 of Mark 5, it says, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse, when she heard of Jesus, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, and touched his garment, for she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Now, uh, how many believe that happened? It's not a fairy tale. He says a certain woman had this problem. And this is a serious problem. I mean, you, you might call this an incurable situation. She's been to all the doctors of her time and, and area. She is not helped. She is worse. And now she is healed in a moment of time as she touches the garment of Jesus. And uh, Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue, that word means power, had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? 
And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. What did Jesus say was the determining factor in her healing? Whose faith? Her faith. Wonder what the determining factor in your healing is. Whose faith? Your faith. Make sure you understand. Your faith is the determining factor in your healing. Not God's power. His power is more than enough to heal you. Not God's will. It is His will for you to be healed. The determining factor is not God's power and not God's will. Those have been established. He has the power and it is His will. What's the determining factor? Your faith. Why are some people saved and some people lost? Faith. Some some have faith, some don't. Why are some people healed and some people not? Same reason. Some have faith, some don't. Why do some people get their needs met and some don't? Some have faith, some don't. Now a lot of folk don't like that black and white. But what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say to this woman? Look at it. Look at it. Let your eyes rest on it. Verse 34. Mark 5, 34. Jesus looked at her and he said, Daughter, God's will made you whole. He said, Daughter, you're one of the lucky ones. No. He said, Daughter, my robe healed you. No, even though she did touch it. Daughter, my power healed you. No, even though we know power flowed out of him and went into her, he didn't emphasize that. That's not what he emphasized, was it? Daughter, I healed you. No, he didn't say that. Daughter, my faith has healed you. No. Daughter, the faith of the crowd has healed you. No. Daughter, the disciples' faith healed you. No. What did Jesus emphasize? Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Everybody say, your faith has made you whole. Say it out loud. My faith will make me whole. My faith will make me whole. Look at your neighbor. Tell them, your faith will make you whole. Your faith. Whose faith? Your faith. The preacher's faith. Your mama's faith. Your husband's faith. Whose faith? Your faith. Whose faith has saved you? Your faith. Whose faith will heal you? Whose faith will deliver you? Whose faith will get your needs met? Your faith. Whose faith will cause you to be victorious over all the world? Your faith. Then you should be highly interested in your faith. (laughs) 
You should take care of it. You should protect it. You should feed it. You should build it up. Amen. Your faith should be something you're very interested in. Very careful to take care of. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. I'd like to just say that for the next 15 minutes. Your faith has made you whole. And if her faith would make her whole, my faith will make me whole. Amen. Jesus has not changed. He is no respecter of persons. If her faith make her whole, my faith will make me whole. Your faith will make you whole. Our faith will make us whole. Today. Now. If it won't, he's changed. If it won't, he's a respecter of persons. Neither of those is true. The Bible adamantly declares he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes and he is not a respecter of persons. It's settled. Our faith will make us whole. Now, it's, it's real obvious in this situation that faith is the key. It's real obvious because when this woman touched and was healed, Jesus just stopped right, right in his tracks and turned and said, Who touched me? And the disciples eventually they said, Lord, look, look at it. They said, Lord, verse 31, You see the multitude thronging thee. And sayest thou, who touched me? Now, why they say that? Well, what does it mean? You see, Lord, you see the multitude thronging you. What does thronging mean? Let's have a reenactment of a throng. <laughs> Are you ready? Okay, brother, come on up. You're Jesus while I go. You can be Jesus again. Here's Jesus. And I want all these folk off this row and all of the other three folk off of this row. Come up. Jesus is going down the road. Now show me what a throng is. <laughs> okay, thank you. People are, people are crowded around. Isn't that right? People are touching him on every side. Is that right? That's what, when you get thronged, isn't that right? People come in from all sides and, and they just crowd you and press you and touch you. Maybe their shoulder got pushed up against you. Maybe their hand, maybe their side, but, but, but there's bodies pressing together. Isn't that right? And that's why they looked at him in amazement and said, Lord, what do you mean somebody touched you? <laughs> Probably 500 people have touched you the last mile. What do you mean somebody touched you? Now here's the issue. Why didn't these people get healed when they touched? See, Jesus didn't tell the woman, Woman, you're, you touched and it healed you. Your touch has healed you. My power has healed you. Do you see why he didn't say some of those things? Because if he had just said, you touched me and that healed you, well, why didn't these other people get healed when they touched? If he had just said, well, my power healed you, well, was his power just there when she touched? You mean it wasn't there when the other people touched? No. The, when was the, when did the power get there? 
Bible tells us that the Holy Ghost came on him when he was baptized in water. Isn't that right? Spirit of God came and abode on him. And he had this anointing on him, you see. And that's when his ministry started. When he was about 30 years of age, he began to go about teaching and preaching and ministering to the sick, ministering deliverance and healing. So that power was there. That anointing was there. Well, why didn't the power flow out of him into these other people when they touched? They obviously didn't touch like this woman touched. When she touched him, immediately power went out of him into her and healed her. And Jesus knew it. He could sense the power leave him and go into her. And he stopped and he turned and looked. And he said, who touched me? He's not talking about who accidentally touched me, who curiously touched me, who bumped into me. No, somebody touched me with a different kind of a touch. A touch of faith. Amen. And when he finally found out who it was, he didn't say, daughter, your touch has healed you. Daughter, my power has healed you because his power was there and people were touching him all over. What did he say? Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Your faith did it. Yeah, we know it's the power that heals us. We know it's God's power, but if it was just up to God's power, everybody would be healed. No, it takes more than just the power. Yeah, it's God's will. We know it's, it's His will. But if it was just up to God's will, everybody would be healed because it's His will. I said to you, the determining factor is the individual's faith. That's the determining factor. The individual's faith. Daughter, thy faith has made you whole. Now I want us to begin here And read some things and notice the progression of some things that were involved in faith. There are three things we're going to notice. And uh, if you think, well, you know, I've heard some of these things before. I know some of these things. Well, not as good as you could know. And besides that, you're not the only one here. Is that right? You, You may be hearing this for the 25th time. Somebody else may be hearing it for the first time. Right? Do we skip it just because you've heard it? No. Aren't you glad that when you went somewhere and heard something for the first time, even though there might have been people there that had heard it 50 times before, they they said it again anyway, and you got to hear it for the first time. So if you ever get to thinking sometimes, you think, well, man, I know this. I've heard this. Well, you're not the only one in, in the room. Right? Besides that, there are different levels of understanding and uh, you can get so much more light and revelation if don't you ever let yourself think that something is too simple and basic for you that's deception if you hear if you if you get to think well that's too simple and too, I, I know that that's that's wasting my time then uh, you are wrong and you need to make some adjustments and it's probably the very thing you need to hear because you've let it, you've let it slip from you and just become mental knowledge and it's no longer a living revelation in your being. Because if it's living revelation, you're excited about it and you want to hear more about it. If you think, oh, that's old hat, I've heard that before. It is not a living revelation to you. It's just dead mental assent, mental agreement. So let's talk about faith some today. Okay? I mean, the bottom line is folk getting healed, isn't it? How are people going to get healed? 
their faith is going to make them whole. Right? This works. How many know this works? You know, I could, I could not preach this day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. I could not preach it if I wasn't convinced it worked. I could not. I just, it, I, it, it, it tired me and I think, dear Lord, this don't really work. Why give people false hope? And you know, I couldn't do it. And I'm just honest enough, I wouldn't do it. Did you hear me? But I do not tire of it. Because it works. Whether you work it or not, it still works. Amen. And I can't determine whether the people that hear it do it or not. I can't control that. But I do know that if folk do what we're talking about, it works. I know that. I know that. It works for everybody, every time. You never convince me otherwise. Never. Never. I'm convinced. You'd have to show me from the Word of God to convince me otherwise. And I don't think you can. I see it again and again. Thy faith made you whole. Thy faith has safety. Thy faith, according to your faith. Your faith, your faith, your faith. Amen. Every time I get ready to teach something like this, I go over all the Scriptures again. And I keep having to say, they're still there. There it is. Hadn't changed an iota. There it is. Still the same. Jesus is still standing there. Matthew saying, your faith made you whole. And then Mark and Luke and John and Acts and all. Your faith. What's going to make the difference whether you make it or not? Your faith. Three things about your faith. I'll go ahead and give them to you and then we'll look at them. Number one is hearing. Number two is believing. And number three is doing. Hearing, believing, doing. You get a hold of these three things and you get a hold of faith. It's not real hard and complicated. You might say, well, man, if my faith's going to do all these wonderful things for me, how do I get it? How does it work? What's my part? Here's your part. Hearing, believing, doing. That's your part. You do that, and you'll have faith. And you have faith, and you'll be an overcomer. Let's look at it in this situation. This certain woman, verse 25, she had an issue of blood 12 years. She had suffered many things of many physicians and spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, what's the first thing happened that began to turn her life around? It's what she heard. And, and what'd she hear about? She heard about Jesus. She heard about Jesus. She must have heard something about Jesus healing the sick. She must have in order for her to get faith in the area that she did. Elsewise, why would she think that just because she would touch him, she would be healed? See, she must have heard about some things that had happened in another meeting somewhere else. Because this is not the only time this happened. We could read over in Luke and in different places where the Bible said multitudes touched him and were healed. 
In fact, just flip over there with me. Luke, hold your place here in Mark. Look, look over at Luke uh, 5. Number one is hearing. Now Luke, the fifth chapter. And verse 15. Luke 5, 15. It says, But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, talking about Jesus. Now when this fame is going abroad, what's happening? People are telling about what they have seen and heard Jesus say and do, and people are hearing it. And the Bible says, And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. What's the first thing they came to do? Hear, and then they got healed, it said. But the first thing that happened was the hearing. Dover in the sixth chapter of Luke. Luke chapter 6, verse 17. It says, And he came down with them, and stood in the plain, and the company of his disciples, and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem, and from the sea coast of Tyre and Zidon. This is Luke six seventeen. And they came to what? To hear, and to hear him, and to be healed of their diseases. What's the first thing they did? Came to hear. Came to hear. And they that were vexed with uh, unclean spirits, and they were healed, and the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him, and healed them all. Now, on this situation, it wasn't just that one woman pressed through the crowd and touched and was healed. On this situation, multitudes touched him and all of them were healed. But you notice what happened before that happened? They all heard something. Now, see, we don't know what, the, what all these people that were in the crowd that were thronging Jesus earlier in this situation that we talked about with the woman with the issue of blood. We don't know what they had heard or hadn't heard. Whether they're just touching him out of curiosity because he's somebody, some famous preacher that's coming through town or, or what the, what the deal is. But in this situation, we know that Jesus came and preached and, and taught in these areas and they heard him. And then all these people that had heard the teaching and preaching, when they touched, all of them were healed. Now you can see immediately from this, uh, uh, the, the connection between what you hear and faith. And the connection between faith and receiving. First step is here. I said the first step is here. You need to hear. Now, just go back with me to Mark 5. And we'll begin to uh, to look at the other situation. And then we're going to go to another account that will reveal this. In Mark 5, the Bible said, verse 27, When she had heard of Jesus... She obviously believed, right? And then she came in the press behind and touched his garment. That's doing something, isn't it? For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Saying is doing something, and then pressing through the crowd and touching is doing something. She heard. She obviously, if she, now see, I know she believed, because if she hadn't believed, she never would have got up out of her home and made the effort to go there. She heard. She believed. She did. Go with me over to Acts, the 14th chapter. Acts chapter 14. And see a real clear illustration of these principles. Acts 14. 
The Bible says in Acts 14 verse 7, it says there, talking about in, uh, in uh, the regions of Galatia, Lystra, Derby, Lycaonia, it says there they preached the gospel. And it went on to say that there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. The same, what? Heard Paul speak. It all started with hearing. He heard Paul speak, and he st- and Paul steadfastly beheld him, and perceived that he had faith to be healed. Now, so we know he believed, don't we? We know that he believed what he heard. And it went on to say that Paul said to him with a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. And he leaped and walked. The man heard. The man believed. The man did. You know, really, you can see three things here that Paul did and three things that the man did. Three things that Paul did. Number one, Paul preached the gospel. Uh, how, how many excited about this? <laughs> now let me back up a little bit here. How many would like to see things like this happen in your neighborhood? Would you? Well, how did it happen? I said to you, Paul did three things. The, the recipient did three things. If you go somewhere where there's somebody sick and you do the three things that Paul did and the person that hears does the three things that this man did, they'll be healed. Well, you're not sure whether they will be or not are your brother key. Yeah, sure. Positive. It works every time. You get a hold of this and it'll, it'll excite you. Amen. If you feel like you got a call ministerially, you are to be interested in the three things that Paul did. Amen. If you got a need, you ought to be interested in the three things that the man did. Real interest. Let's look. Three things Paul did. Number one, he preached the gospel. Glory to God. That's what you always do, number one. Number one, preach the gospel. Gospel means good news. And don't be religious about it. Traditionally religious. A lot of times people have such a such a uh, closed idea of what preaching the gospel is. It doesn't mean that you have to have a, a soccer stadium that seats twenty thousand, and you have and you have to get up in a certain kind of attire, and with a certain kind of four point message. It just simply means go tell the good news. Now, what do you have to have to be able to tell the good news? First, you got to know the good news. Do you know the good news? Then you got to be able to talk. Then you got to find somebody that'll listen to you. Amen. And if you got those, you you can preach the gospel. Amen. Do you know the gospel? Can you talk? Will somebody listen to you? <laughs> Somebody said, well, I don't know whether they will or not. Yeah, the answer is yeah, somebody will. If the first 25 don't, talk to number 26. 
Amen. You don't have to be rude and pushy and obnoxious. Would you like to hear about the gospel? No. Okay. Would you like to hear about the gospel? No. Well, okay. What about you? Would you like to hear about the gospel? What's the gospel? Oh, let me tell you. The gospel. Amen. Really? I mean, if we had, if we had this, the mentality of just your average salesperson. Did you hear me? I mean, I, I don't mean, I didn't say intelligence, I said mentality. No slurs or compliments or one or the other, just, just the mentality. What, what am I talking about? Trying to sell a product. You know, if, if this person don't want it, well, okay, you know. But does that mean they say, well, they didn't want it. I'm not trying to sell this ever again. No. They keep trying. Isn't that right? Knock doors. Call people. Isn't that right? The car salesman trying to sell a car to them. If the first 15 people that come through are just wasting his time, well, the next one might buy it though. Isn't that right? The real estate person? Isn't that right? No, everybody's not going to want to hear what you got to say about the good news. But if you know what the good news is, and you can talk, and somebody listen, you can do this part. Amen. And you got the ball rolling. Now, the second thing, well, well, you know, let's go back and forth. The first thing that the man did was he heard Paul preach. He heard it. Well, the second thing that the man did is that he, uh, he had faith from what he heard. He believed what Paul said. Now, you know, just because you hear something, that don't mean you believe it, does it? I've heard a lot of things I don't believe. And just because you tell somebody the gospel, that don't mean they believe it. Hearing does not equal believing. Now, that's how faith comes. But that does not automatically equal believing. The opportunity for faith is there. But it's the individual's decision whether they won't accept that or not. See, I mean, I could tell somebody that didn't know anything about it. I could tell them, hey, it's God's will for you to be healed. Now, if they wanted to, they could get faith from hearing that. But they don't have to believe it either. They can go away with no more faith than what they had. They say, well, I don't know whether that's true or not. So hearing provides the opportunity for faith. And when this man heard, he grabbed a hold of this. He said, I believe this. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I believe this. He's sitting there crippled. He's been a cripple all his life. This guy named Paul from some other town comes and gets up and preaches something that is really wild. Nobody's ever heard it before. He preaches about a man named Jesus who lived and died, which is nothing extraordinary to the average hearer. But then he said the man rose from the dead. And he said that the man in, in, in his death, burial, and resurrection took our sins upon him and took our sicknesses upon him and bore them and rose triumphant over death, hell, and the grave. And if we'd believe him and receive him, we could be saved, we could be healed, we could be delivered. That man's standing there listening to this good news. That's good news, isn't it? 
He's standing listening to that, and, and, and you know, he's listening and hearing. And he's thinking, that's got to be one of the wildest stories I've ever heard in my life. He said, but, you know, I believe that. I believe it. I just believe it. And you might say, why would you say it like that? Well, now, if you grew up hearing the gospel all of your life, it'd be hard for you to hear from the perspective of somebody that this is brand new to. They have never heard anything remotely like this. But you know, if somebody has never heard the gospel before, it's wild. A man was born without a father. A natural father. He lived and never committed a sin. He died. Not because he had to. He just willingly did. And he rose from the dead. He's alive right now. In heaven. You know? A lot of people will think, Oh, get out of here. In fact, some of the individuals that Paul preached to, they scoffed. They said, Resurrection from the dead. Oh, man, come on. Nobody rises from the dead. You remember the philosophers at Athens? That's what they, they scoffed. When he got to the part about the resurrection from the dead, they thought, oh, now we thought we had heard everything, but, but this tops, this, you know, tops it. But the Bible said some that were there, they believed. And they followed Paul later. And they said, tell us some more about this. You see, some will believe and some won't. You can't control it. But friend, you sure can help the ones that believe. I'm a believer. Amen. What about you? I'm a believer. I believe what the Lord says. I believe the Bible. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it literally. Amen. Not just, these are not just fairy tales, fables. These things actually, literally happen. I believe it. And he's in the business of doing them right now today. Paul preached. That's the first thing he did. The man heard. That's the first thing he did. And the man believed. That's the second thing. Now the second thing that Paul did (coughs) is that he perceived that the man had faith to be healed. You know, this is important in the ministry. You need, you need to be able to tell when people believe something so that you can help them get to the next part. And you know, you can tell when people believe. It is, it does show up. I've said to you before that, uh, two of the, out, two of the most outstanding indicators of faith are, anybody know? Peace and joy. Heard at least four people say, peace and joy. Good. Two, two, two of the most outstanding, two of the most outstanding indicators of faith are peace and joy, or joy and peace. Romans 15 says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So if you're in believing, you're going to have joy and you're going to have peace. If somebody's in faith, it's going to affect them. If they believe, it's going to affect them. When you first believed, did it affect you? You believed on Jesus. Did it affect you? You bet it affected you. When you believe a truth, does it affect you? When you get in faith about something, does it affect the way you feel and the way you think and the way you act and the way you talk? Sure it does. Do you know you don't even always have to say anything? 
One of the greatest blessings to me personally as a minister and as a teacher and a preacher is, is seeing people believe in a service without them even saying anything or doing anything necessarily. Sometimes you, sometimes you can just see it. Just like, you know, you know those old registers where sometimes you push the button and, and, and the, the, far say, um, the, the total or whatever, you know, uh, thing used to shoot up on the old type ones or the flag shoots up, you know. I mean, uh, uh, just like a turning on a sign sometimes in the dark, you know, uh, you, you can be preaching along and you can see somebody go <laughs> and smile and go, you know, they don't have to say a word, but their heart's going, yeah, yeah, yes, that's, I do that, I do that. They didn't have to say a thing, but they believe it, Amen. they believe it. That's, that's one of the most rewarding things as a minister. One of the most frustrating things <laughs> is the opposite of that, to preach and teach at length, and then... Uh, uh, you know, have folk look at you with nonchalant, uh, okay, whatever. Like, you know, when do we get through? <laughs> you know, that's one of the most frustrating things. Or to talk with somebody and share with somebody truth after truth after truth, and then just treat it like you're sharing them statistics from some some natural something or other, you know. Yeah, okay. All right. And they don't believe it. I said they don't believe it. That can be frustrating. I have talked with people on some subjects for hours. Now I'm learning more and better. But I have in the past talked with something because a lot of people, you know, now after doing some things, I can talk with people sometimes for just a minute or two and tell whether it's any need in talking further or not. Many times you can ascertain that pretty quickly. Today, you know, you, a lot of times you just know, hey, today there is no need in pursuing this any further with this individual because they've already got their mind made up, they're closed, they're not open to anything, and there's no need in you pushing. But I have talked with people on some situations for hours, and, you know, just, just that, they just act like what, all you said just went in one ear and right out the other. They did not hear it, did not register on them. And when, when they start talking, it's just like they didn't hear a word you said. You know? Well, you know, people can hear what they want to hear. You really can. You, you, can, you, you can hear what you want to hear and blank out the rest, tune it out. It's up to you. And uh, in, in, in talking about, you know, dealing with people and, and, and some, some elements of psychology, the terms are used selective hearing. And people really do hear selectively. What do you mean? Well, they pick and choose. Listen to what they want to and... Ignore what they don't. Selective hearing. You know, just, just kind of picking and choosing. But you know, when it comes to the Word of God, you're not open to selective hearing. You're supposed to hear all of it. Is that right? You're not supposed to, see, the Bible talks about in the last days there would be uh, people ha that had itching ears. Itching ears. And that heaped to themselves teachers that would just tell them what they want to hear. And if somebody says something they don't want to hear, out of here with them. What, is, what does it mean, itching ears? Well, an itch, when you got an itch, you, you want that scratched in just that place. Is that right? I mean, you know, if, if, you, if, you gotta, if your ear is itching on the top, you don't want to scratch it on the bottom. 
I mean, you got to, have you ever had your back itch and try to get to it? <laughs> close is not good enough. Is it? I mean, close is not, well, that's, you're within two inches of the spot. That's not it. And so people are looking for something, you know, just, to, you know, scratch the spot. Give me just exactly what I want to hear. And if it's not what I, I want to hear, forget it. But you know, we're supposed to be open to the Word of God, whether it's what we want to hear or, or whether we don't particularly want to hear it. If it's something God wants to tell us, we've got to get interested in hearing it. Is that right? Amen. The Bible says, take heed to what you hear and take heed how you hear. For with the measure that you meet with all, it'll be measured to you again. In other words, depending on how you hear, that's what you're going to get out of it. If you hear right, you get a lot out of it. If you don't hear right, you won't get much out of it. And that is, boy, is that a truth. Do you know two people can sit in the same service side by side? One get enormously blessed and helped. Another one get bored. Do you know that? And hear the same thing. But how they heard it made all the difference in the world. How they heard it. Paul commended the saints at Thessalonica over in 1 Thessalonians 2.13. He, he commended them. He said he thanked God for them. He said because when he came and preached to, to them the gospel, he said they did not receive it as the words of men, but he said they received it as the word of God. And he said, it is in truth the word of God. And he said, it is working also effectually in you that believe. He said, when I came and preached the message to you, you didn't just hear, well, this is some man's new revelation. He said, no, he said, you listened to it. You heard it like it was the word of God. And he said, it is the word of God. And he said, it is working in you effectually. Working in you. Why? Because they heard it right. We're still talking about hearing, aren't we? They came to hear him and to be healed. Hear and be healed. Paul preached. The man heard. The man had faith from what he heard. And Paul then perceived that the man had faith. Are you with me? So far Paul's done two things and the man's done two things. Is that right? Now we, we need to stop right here and notice this. Is it possible to have faith and not have results? It is. Because faith must be released. Did you see we, we mentioned three things to you? Number one is what? Hearing. Number two is believing. Number three is doing. So you don't just stop with the hearing and believing. Hearing and believing and what? Doing. Now, uh, hold your place here and go with me over to James. James, the first chapter, second chapter rather, let's remind ourselves of something. James chapter 2. And notice, verse 14, James 2.14. He says, What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and has not works? Can faith save him? In other words, can that kind of faith save him? What's the answer? No. Uh, skip on down to verse 17. He says, even so, faith, if it hath not works. In other words, if it doesn't do anything, if it doesn't act, 
it is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, you have faith and I have works. He said, show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. See, he's challenging them. He said, show me your faith without any works. See, you can't do that. Faith is demonstrated. For instance, we, we read there earlier where when these uh, individuals let this paralyzed man down through the roof, that, don't you remember what the Bible said Jesus saw their faith? You remember that? How many were awake that early in the service? <laughs> you know, it, it said, uh, uh, thy, you know, in the passage we looked in in Matthew 9, he said those individuals brought him, and when they led him down in the midst before Jesus through the roof, Jesus looked at him, and he, the Bible said he saw their faith. It didn't say they came down through the roof saying, we have faith, we have faith, see our faith, we have faith. No, it didn't say they said anything about faith. It, and it didn't say, you know, notice the verb that it used, he what their faith? He saw it. Can you see faith? You can see what it does. Isn't that right? We've already talked about the fact that joy and peace are indicators of faith. But see, action is an indicator of faith. What you do and what you don't do shows faith. How did Jesus know these individuals had faith? Somebody said, well, I guess he just perceived it by the Spirit. It didn't say that. What did it, how, how did it say he knew they had faith? From what he saw. From what he saw. What did he see? <laughs> they went to the trouble of dragging the man up on top of the house and tearing the tile off and lowering him down in the vision. They, why did they go to all that trouble? They must have believed something. What did they believe? They believed if they could get the man in the presence of Jesus, he'd be healed. They, they were so convinced of that that they'd stop at nothing to do. And the Bible said Jesus saw those fellows coming out through the roof and he said, hmm, these boys got faith. Said he saw their faith. Their meant who? All of them. I mean, these four guys had enough faith to do what it took and this guy had enough faith to let them haul him up on the roof and lower him down. They all had faith. They all had faith. Amen. If that guy hadn't had faith, when they had come to his house to pick him up, he'd have said, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want you guys dragging me all over the country. No, I don't believe in all that healing and meeting stuff anyway. No, just leave me alone. No. They obviously came and said, hey, Joe, you know, look, we, went, we, we heard about this guy getting healed during this meeting with Jesus. He just touched his clothes and walked off healed. He was paralyzed just like you. I just believe, Joe, that if we could get you to that meeting, you'd be healed too. He said, really? And the other guy piped up and said, yeah, I heard about this woman with issue of blood. She got healed too. Another one said, yeah, I heard about a blind guy got healed. Deaf guy got healed. One of them had been, he'd been sick a lot longer than you've been sick. Let's go down there. And Joe said, let's go. All right. I believe it too. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get me, fellas, you have to help me because I can't get up. But I want to go. Let's go. And when they got to the house, the Bible said they couldn't get to it because of the press all around about the house. Couldn't get in a window. Couldn't get in the door. A lot of folk would have given up if they didn't have, they didn't have much faith. They said, well, we tried. But no. They said, we come to get it and we're going to get it. 
Amen. We're going to get you in. He said, Don't worry about it. We'll get you in there one way or another. <laughs> and, and they did everything they knew how to do and finally spied the roof and saw they could get up there. And they went up there and tore the man's housetop up. And let him down in there. And Jesus said, These fellows got faith. The Bible said, He saw their faith. You can see faith. I said, You can see faith. You can see Faith, how do you see it? You see it in its, we already talked about it. You can see it in a person's countenance. You can see their joy. You can see their peace. But also you can see their action. You can see what they do or what they don't do. Their action reveals their faith. Faith is something you do. Not just something you believe, but something you do. It goes on to say, uh, he, said, he said, show me your faith without your works. But I'll show you my faith by my works. So you can't show, you can't demonstrate your faith apart from not doing anything. Your faith is revealed through doing something. Through doing something. Now, unless you misunderstand, the last phrase here in verse 26, he says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. In other words, faith without doing something with it is dead. No works, no action. But the very next phrase, see this is divided by chapter and verse, but the very next phrases begin to talk about the words of your mouth and what you say and about how that if you can control your mouth, it's like the bit in the horse's mouth. It's like the rudder on the ship. You can control your course and your destiny and your whole body by controlling your mouth. Why did he, why is he talking about the mouth right here after saying that about faith without works is dead? Because the number one action of faith is saying. Amen. I said the number one action of faith is saying. Saying is doing. Saying is doing something. Now it's not the only action of faith, but it's the main one. If the principles that we've given you are true, then they'd have to be consistent. We're saved by grace through faith. Is that right? Well, we're giving you three areas to faith. What are they? Hearing, believing, doing. Okay, when you got saved, you got saved by grace through faith. So if this is, if what we're teaching you today is true, you'd be able to see every one of these in when you got saved. When you got saved, did you hear something? Yeah. When you got saved, did you believe something? Yeah. When you got saved, did you do something? What did you do? Confess. What does is, what is Romans 10 say? If you will what? Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. Is that right? So what was the thing you did... To release your faith. You said something. And see that saying was sufficient action to cause the miracle of the new birth to occur. Never underestimate saying. Never underestimate saying as an action. Saying is doing something. Saying is doing. <laughs> Do you, did you understand what we're talking about? Saying is doing something. Now, uh, go back with me over to uh, Romans, where we're just talking about. Romans, that 10th chapter. Hold your place in Acts if you haven't already lost it. But in Romans, 
the 10th chapter. Let's read this again. Romans 10, verse 9. Well, let's back up and pick up verse 8 as well. Romans 10, 8. He says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. Now, you, you know, you might have thought that the, the, the phrase word of faith is something that the charismatics developed. Paul was preaching the word of faith a long time ago. Amen. The word of, I mean, the Bible calls the gospel the word of faith. The word of faith. He said that, this is the word of faith, that if you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now see, that's believing and that's doing. Confessing is doing. Everybody say confessing is doing. Confessing is doing. Amen. When you confess, you are doing something. You're doing something. Verse 10. For with the heart of man, for with the heart rather, man believes unto righteousness. So you believe with your heart. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You're doing something with your mouth. You're saying something and that action releases your faith unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How many know that calling is doing something? Isn't that right? Amen. Why would you call? Because you believe. Why would you believe? Because you heard. How many with me this afternoon? Amen. Three things I want you to get in your heart. And you understand. What are they? Hearing. Amen. Believing. Amen. Doing. Your faith will make you whole, won't it? Amen. What does is, what is you having faith consist of? Hearing. Amen. Believing. And doing. Pretty simple, isn't it? Wonder why so many folk are missing it. A lot of times people try to make it a lot harder than that. Try to, you know, make it more complex. Go, go, go on reading. Verse 14. He says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Well, they, they won't. And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Well, they can't. Do you see these three things here? Hearing, believing, calling. Calling is doing. Isn't that right? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. And I'd say amen, 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 amen. Oh, I thank God for the people that have come my way and, and told me truth. Because, see, you can't believe till you hear. Is that right? And you, you I mean, you can't, you can't call and you can't say and you can't do till you believe. And you can't believe till you hear. And you can't hear till somebody tells you. And so that's why the prophet said, how beautiful are the feet of them that bring the good news. 
Glory, 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 glory. I mean, you know, if somebody came and brought you a satchel having several million dollars in it, you might treat them nice. Might you? I mean, roll out the carpet and treat them nice. Well, friend, uh, somebody that's legitimately, genuinely bringing you words of truth, that's much more valuable than money. There are so many things money can't buy. Money can't buy you health. Money can't buy you life. Money can't buy you deliverance from a terminal disease. These words of God can. Can you say amen? Amen. Now I realize that there are those that are charlatans and those that are deceptive and tell lies and, and act like, try to act like they're ministers and try to act like they bring the good news because they won't and they demand special treatment and all that and we ought to be sensitive enough to discern the, the good from the bad. But those that really do tell truth, those that really do speak the word of faith, we ought to count it precious. Amen. Amen. And we ought to thank God for that. And then you ought to be that someone to somebody else. Amen. Everything God gives you, He gives you ultimately for you to give away. You know, as soon as you get through jumping and shouting over what you just learned, you need to realize that there's a lot of other people that don't know it. Amen. And you can't be completely satisfied until other people have heard about it. Is that right? It's not enough for you to just sit and be happy and blessed and delivered and healed and have all your needs met. You want other people to enjoy the same thing, don't you? Don't you? Amen. So you be the one who bears the good news. Hallelujah. You might say, well, nobody listen to me. Yes, yeah, somebody listen to you. Somebody will. <laughs> the Bible said this man heard the gospel and had faith to be healed. He acted on his faith and he was healed. This man was healed on his own faith. Paul could have said to him like Jesus said to the woman, brother, you're healed. Your faith has made you whole. Amen. 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 Why? You heard what I said. You believed what I said. And you acted on what I said. And you are now healed. Glory to God. Glory to God. Everybody say heard. heard. Believed. believed did, did. And was healed. Was healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand up with me. Why don't you? and go really and their heart will be open and tender and they'll go is that true is that right is that easy that's all I got to do yeah right now amen. amen and nothing will give you more joy than being a partner to that nothing nothing he, he goes on to say he said, uh, but, uh, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? Now, see, that's exactly what we're talking about, isn't it? They've not all obeyed it. Isaiah said, Lord, who believed our report? Who's believed it? Not everybody. Some did, some didn't. But verse 17, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Do you see these three elements here? Yes. Somebody's got to tell it. And when they tell it, the individual can hear. When they hear, they can believe. When they believe, they can do by calling or saying or whatever. There are many different actions. See, the woman with the issue of blood, she touched. She also said, if I touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Isn't that right? There are many different actions. 
You have to be led by the Spirit. But we know the first and foremost action is saying. Calling is saying. Confessing Jesus as Lord is saying. That's a number one action. In closing, back in Acts 14. Acts 14. How many things did Paul do? Three Three things. How many things did the man do? What happened? A miracle. Man got healed. Glory to God. Amen. And you know, sometimes, you know, in, uh, at the top of the page, people put little captions, some of the writers and scholars. Uh, some captions at the top of the page here says, Paul healeth the cripple. That's not true. If you've got that caption at the top of your Bible that says, Paul healeth the cripple, you ought to draw a line through that. Because <laughs> Paul didn't healeth the cripple. Paul didn't even minister to the man here with a special manifestation. This man got healed on his own faith. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, Paul could have looked at this man and said, Brother, your faith has made you whole. We know he had faith to be healed. The Bible said he did. Got it from hearing the gospel that Paul preached. Amen. And so here we are. Paul's come and preached the gospel. This man has heard this amazing story of Jesus Christ, how he lived and died and is now resurrected, and what, what his death means to us. He must have said something about healing, elsewise he couldn't have had faith to be healed. He must have said something to the effect of the scriptures that teach he took our infirmities, he bore our sicknesses, by his stripes we were healed. He must have said something to those effects. And the Bible calls all of this the gospel. Is it possible to have faith and still not have results? Notice this, right in verse 9. The same heard Paul speak who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. It didn't say he was about to get faith to be healed. It said he had it. The man right now where he sits crippled has faith to be healed. He has it. How many of you can have money in your pocket to buy something that doesn't mean it's bought? Is that right? You can have you can have strength in your body to do something that doesn't mean it's done. You can have faith in your heart to receive something that doesn't mean you've received. You got to hear, you got to believe, and you've got to do. Do. What's the number one way you do? Say, speak. But in this case, we see a very vivid demonstration of action. The man sitting here He believes the gospel. He's got faith in his heart to be healed. But there's no manifestation of power because faith without works is dead. You've got to release your faith. What's the number one way you release your faith? Through your words, what you say. Not the only way, but the main way. And so Paul, number three, Paul, number one, Paul preached the gospel. Number two, Paul perceived the man had faith. Number three, Paul said to the man, he stopped. Right in the middle of his sermon. I guess this man's face was lit up. He's excited. He believes what he heard. And Paul got to preach him. And maybe he's seen a bunch of folk that weren't believing or excited about it. And he sees this guy that's excited about it. And he looks at him. He says, hey, you brother, right there. And the guy said, me? He said, yeah. He said, you believe this, don't you? He said, "Mm mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, you believe this, don't you? Yeah. He said, stand up right now. Stand up. Stand up. If you believe this, stand up on your feet. The Bible said he said it with a loud voice. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? <laughs> right in the middle of the sermon. 
He looks back and he says, uh, Hey fella, you, you. How did, why did he pick him out? He perceived that he had faith. See, Jesus saw their faith. Paul saw this man's faith. He saw it in his countenance. Not necessarily in his action yet, but he saw it in his countenance. He saw it. He perceived it. Perceived it in his heart. And some things that he saw about the man. He, this man believes what I'm talking I know he does. I know he does. Hey, fella, you, you. He said to me, yeah, you believe this, don't you? The man said, yeah. You believe every bit of this, don't you? You believe Jesus came and died for you. You believe he took his, your sicknesses and your diseases. You believe this, don't you? You believe he's raised from the dead, don't you? He said, yeah, I do. Matter of fact, I do. I believe it. You see, it, t- it took some courage to say that in this community. Nobody believed this around there. He said, you believe this, don't you, mister? He said, yeah. He said, stand up right now. Stand, stand up! So he said it with a loud voice. Guy didn't even think twice. He just, poop. That's the third thing the man did. He heard. He had faith. And he acted. He leaped and, and stood on his feet. And the moment he did, the power of God flooded through his feet and they were made whole. Glory to God. And I guess he walked the rest of his life. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.